0: Welcome to the Fearless Warrior Podcast. This is a place where truth is shared, taboos are disrupted, secrets are revealed, and power is gained. I'm your host, Danny Temras, and it is my personal mission to empower women in becoming the best version of themselves. Each week, I'm bringing you inspiring guests to help you build your confidence and mental toughness so that you can live the life of your dreams. Good morning, and welcome to the next episode of the Fearless Warrior Podcast. Today, you're up for a real treat. As my guest is Mariam Giorgadze, an exceptional human being, marketing expert, especially all things data, thought-provoking thinker, leader, connector, and personal growth junkie, as I am. In this episode, Mariam and I talk about the culture differences between Georgia, the country, and the United States, differences in women's mindset around the world, behaviors she'd like women to embrace more of, opportunities for women to lift each other up, and so much more. As you can tell, this episode is all about women empowerment, breaking through cultural norms and shining a spotlight on the differences between our cultures and what we can learn from one another. This is an incredibly deep episode, and I'm so happy for you to meet Mariam. As always, do leave us your review and five-star rating on Apple Podcasts so that we can better spread the message of empowerment to other listeners like you. You can also sign up for my weekly newsletter on danielatemras.com so that you never miss a new episode. And now, let's dive into the interview. Mariam, I'm so happy to have you on the show. Welcome to the Fearless Warrior Podcast. I'm definitely honored to be here.
1: Thank you for having me. How are you doing today? I am doing, I think, great considering the situation uh, that we're all in. Um, it's been very interesting time. And like I think everybody else, I'm trying to make the most out of it on a daily basis.
0: Absolutely. Well, these can be hard times. It can also be an opportunity to do something great, to do something with our extra time and you even reconnect with the loved ones. I know you're taking some time away with your family, which is great. So this is the best time to do it. So to maybe help us get started, Mariam, tell us a little bit more about yourself. Where did you grow up, and how did you make your way to the states? So I'm
1: originally from country of Georgia. I know people always make fun of me when I say that, but when we are in U.S., you say Georgia is natural for everyone to think about state first, right? I grew up here. For more than 21 years, I lived here, and I probably left the country just like two or three times. And the reason why I mentioned it is that my perspective of life was really just based on things that I've seen here, the way uh, society was set up in Georgia, the values that I was brought up with in Georgia, and kind of like what we as Georgian people valued in life, like what success meant and so on and so on. I used to be a very active kid. Like I loved playing on piano. I used to sing. I was a dancer too. And, you know, like I loved, it was not great in in, like painting or anything like that, like creative stuff, but I just loved being involved in it. And then one day I just woke up, I think I was like 12 or 13, and I just decided, didn't want to do any of it. I wanted to just focus purely on becoming a businesswoman. Didn't really know what I wanted to do, frankly. I had absolutely no outlet and way to figure out what I was good at. And just the that felt kind of normal to be honest with you just because that's how everybody was. And then once I got into the university, I uh, studied business administration with a focus on marketing. I really learned how to love what I did and I found like specific aspects to it which were like really exciting to me and then after I graduated within like a year after um, I moved to San Francisco and I would say even though it was completely unplanned and I was not thinking about starting or restarting my life and um, building my career in the United States it definitely was, uh, to say the list, a life-changing experience in terms of who I've become and how I've grown as a person within this last eight years or so. And it's just been kind of living in between now two completely different worlds. I visit home very frequently, as much as I can, a few times a year, and then living in the world of what's it like, what's life like in the United States and what's life like in Georgia is a very interesting contrast to have. And, you know, quite frankly, even though there are a lot of things that I realized while living in US, that having been brought up in Georgia was didn't really teach me a lot of things that would help me become even more successful or set me up for like, you know, the more joyful life, put it that way from the early on. I think like there is so much more appreciation for relationships and relaxing, taking time off and not working myself to death, put it that way, that I find when I'm back home here versus when I'm in US, like it's been, it's been incredible so far. And there's so many other different aspects that, you know, depending on where I am, I find different level of appreciation and different perspective for things in life.
0: Thank you for telling us a little bit more about the some of the contrasts between the two cultures, and suddenly every country has something unique to teach you, and there probably must be something that you love about the u s which is why I've been here for for eight years, right? So tell me what has been some of the things that you appreciate about the u s culture I would say there are a lot of things um there are a lot of things that I also do
1: not appreciate, I must admit, but I think the biggest thing that I've learned to appreciate when I Moved to San Francisco in uh, 2012 was like I, quite frankly, I didn't have a much of a culture shock in terms of like values and like different lifestyles or anything. It was just one particular thing that was such an eye opening experience for me. I grew up in a space where making sure that you cover up all your weaknesses, you improve upon all the things that are not good about you, is a priority versus. The biggest thing that I've learned in U.S. and that journey started in San Francisco was the mindset of let me understand myself better. Let me figure out what really is or are my strengths and let me invest more effort to actually become even great at those things and use them to my advantage to bring more value, to create more value. There are other things, obviously, like you know, like time management, which is way better in the United States than in Georgia. I've always struggled when I lived in Georgia. I was always the one who was on time, and I had to wait for others like that was like a big pet peeve for me. Little things like this that you find kind of being dramatically different in like how people treat time, how people treat. Money, how people treat relationships, how people treat personal growth, how people treat career. The the biggest thing, really, as I said, was just having the mindset of I am good at these. Let me be better at these. Let me find ways to learn and grow and be self aware, so that I'm not quite completely blind to my weaknesses. But I don't waste time on fixing something that is just going to set me back, rather than focus on something that will just ensure I will deliver more value, whether it's to personal relationships, to business, to like any type of relationship you can really think
0: of or or any kind of event, project, work you're involved in. I love the contrast that you sharing some of these differences because I think this is extremely valuable, especially for those who haven't had a chance to live in a different country, period, but also maybe haven't had a chance to live in the States. I think I would probably start with career first, because I've
1: always been like very career focused. Um, It was my priority to study well and, you know, like be a good girl, put it that way, Um, achieve certain level of independence, um, whether it was like financial freedom or, you know, freedom in making choices for myself. And I think that, you know, I always think that every topic you take, there is like two sides of the coin, right? You can't say that one thing is definitely bad and one thing is definitely good. I think appreciating the perspective is always very important. And when it comes to career, in the last few years, you probably will see a lot more women, especially being in charge of their lives and being in charge, not necessarily in a way that now they kind of, what we call like switch like traditional roles with men, but are more like independent decision makers. And I think that even like before, like years ago when I lived here, like you would see a lot of women like out there working, but still kind of like feeling not very much in charge of their decision making process necessarily, whether it was within family life, within career. And then in U.S., I kind of felt like it was a bigger priority for women to have their own voice, have their own opinion heard. And that was like really eye-opening to me. I was always a very vocal person. I always try to make sure that, you know, I delivered my feedback or my opinions in a way that people wouldn't get upset. Like diplomacy really mattered to me and it matters to me now even more. I think great communications can make or break things in the world, but making sure that I have my voice and I have to make it heard, especially when you are out there, like in the the office setting and the business setting where you have to interact with a lot of mostly male colleagues and not feel like you're a female and you have to kind of like stay quiet and calm. Like, like I grew up in a world like that. Even though, as I said, like I always had freedom to say what I wanted to say, like you still pick up on clues from the society. I realized that in career, that was so much more even important because in family, you're a lot more allowed to have your voice. Like it's people, like friends, family, like people who appreciate you, know you differently, and know you more, and kind of like create this loving environment where you also feel safe to do so. But in the business world out there, which is pretty much like a jungle having that personality trait i think translated into the business world personally for me that was like a huge learning curve making sure that what i say and what i think i do not show it in a way that like what i think is the most important thing but it's a valuable input and it's an important voice to be heard there're probably many other lessons that i can um think of and many other contrasting values that I could talk about. But my personal experience has really been dramatically impacted by this one thing that I learned in the United States.
0: I'm really happy that you found that opportunity for yourself to know that your opinions matter. It is that participation and the active contribution that matters, right? It's not about being right or wrong. It's about showing up or that's that's maybe how I interpret it. Yeah, absolutely. You're totally right. I would imagine that this is also, it has to do with the history, right? If you think about it, even just the feminist movement, right? Where it started or even uh, how long (laughs) it's come, right? And I don't want to make this about feminism, but still, right? I also feel very privileged to live in the States. And I think now with the internet and how the world is changing and evolving, we're bridging the gaps so much faster in many different areas. And it is starting to come even to how we show up in the workplace and how we think of ourselves, our value, and how we allow ourselves to be seen or to contribute. So the whole evolution that's happening around the world has accelerated and has helped us all in many ways. Of course, we could talk about the the challenging parts of that as well. But anyway, so this was the career aspect of your learnings. So now you also mentioned relationships and let's say, and um, relationship to money or even time. Can you speak to any of these?
1: That probably is a huge topic that we don't have enough time to uncover everything. But I think the key things that I would definitely love to share with you and with your audience are like, especially when it comes to time, one of the biggest things that I've realized that, it's not just a thing that people understand in U.S. better than anywhere else, but I think overall, people have very limited appreciation for it, is that time is the most valuable resource that we have. It doesn't depend on a gender. It doesn't depend on the geography. It doesn't depend on anything valuing your time every minute you have how you use it how you take the advantage of it you make most of it like it's so important valuing the tiny bit like little commitments like every day to your time i look at teenagers now and everywhere i go and sometimes i'm just like looking at them and they sit in front of the phones and like scroll through the feeds and i'm like Thinking sometimes like, do you actually understand how much you can learn about like any given topic in that half hour that you've been like looking at other people's feeds, or you could like really create something that's like valuable. I don't know, for your friend, create like a creative gift for someone to just make their day better. Like, I don't know. think of anything, there's too much, whether it's like in the United States or anywhere else, too much waste of time that's happening. And that's making me really sad. And I'm not, like, sometimes I really want to kind of, like, do whatever I can to help people understand the value of time better. And one way I've actually tried to do it is just putting my own boundaries in place. There are days when I just go home and I just want to read. And I don't want to go out. I don't want to do anything else. I don't want spontaneous date. I don't want spontaneous meeting and kind of like having fun with friends or whoever that might be. I just want to go home and read because that's where I was preparing myself for. I wanted the time for learning and growing myself or doing something fun, but not valuing it that time and not making the most out of what you have today now in this present moment. I really struggle with that idea, like why people are not appreciating the value of time so much and that's like biggest thing for me and when it comes to money that's actually a very interesting topic in the sense that especially like for me as a woman when i started working after i graduated and started thinking about what's my plan for retirement what's my plan for creating things in life that i want and at that point i didn't even know whether i wanted to have Like, own an apartment or have any investments or anything like that. I was like really young, like 22, 23. But even thinking about that, I needed to have a plan for my own things that I wanted to afford and the good life that I wanted to create, financial plan, who I needed to talk to, what did I need to do? I started like exploring a lot of networking events, um, webinars, books, meeting people, talking to people. And as I said, especially as a woman, it made me really sad. To discover how few women, overall, how few people, but just specifically how few women really think about planning for their financial independence and financial freedom. And this kind of idea in the back of your head that you will be in partnership and you will be stronger when you are in partnership. And oh, like, you know, numbers are not really my thing. My partner will think about that and kind of relying too much on the other party. Or if you are single, just really kind of getting too comfortable in the moment of like, I have an income now and kind of thinking this is always going to be like this. It's just, you know, it's just been really sad to realize that not a lot of people, not a lot of women think about setting themselves up for success financially. And like the value of money, value of freedom of choice that It allows, and it it, I think for the lack of a better term, buys you. It's very, very important, especially in this world. So I could go on and on and on and on, but these two would be my key messages that I would definitely would love to get it out there and share with your audience and with whoever I talk to, I always try to, like every time there's a conversation about these topics. Sometimes I'm too passionately talking about this. I'm very adamant about like, this is like the point that I want to make. Um, which um, isn't nice, not that I'm trying to push my opinions on someone and tell them what to do and how to think. But these are two key things, I think, when it comes to time and money that like, I had to learn. And it took me time to appreciate those two very differently.
0: Thank you. This is a very important message. And I agree with you, especially in regards to the relationship with money. This is something that can be a very complex in me, a difficult topic or era in your life to grasp or even just really taking the ownership of that, hey, it is my responsibility to take care of this. It is not my husband's responsibility. It's not my parents' responsibility. I'm an adult, right? It's yes. my role to ensure that I can function in this world and claiming that ownership. So you said something that resonated with me, which is that very few women take responsibility for this area in their life. Were you referring to women in general? Or let's say, how is it in the US versus Georgia? Can you speak about that?
1: Absolutely. The great news is that there are more people in general and
0: also more women who
1: think about those topics in the United States. But if we think about Georgia, in Georgia, the idea of men is kind of winner of the family and all the finances, all the investments for the family, men take care of all that. And no matter how successful a woman is, like she needs to kind of like still hand these things over to him. It's this idea is even a lot bigger. Very rarely you will actually find families and relationships, partnerships where there's an equal participation. I don't even mean that woman needs to be necessarily leading that charge, but equal participation in all of this. And something that I have personally learned as an quite an eye-opening I guess, like thought or new lesson or however you want to phrase it, was that even if you are in a perfectly great relationship with your partner and you have so much trust in them and they have a lot of trust in you, despite that, having your own standing on your own feet, there's nothing bad in that. And I think that especially for women, we tend to have this kind of like a feeling of guilt that... If I set something up for myself, if I take care of me, and this actually doesn't only translate in the matters of money, but in many other aspects, it is selfish. And even though I see this as a quite a common theme everywhere I've traveled and everywhere I've, I've been or like women that I've interacted with from different cultural backgrounds, I would say that for me, the contrast um, is great in between Georgia and the United States. And it's just the idea of being, no matter how successful I become, I'm still kind of living under the shadow of my partner and I am being protected. But imagine even if nothing happens, like very simple scenario, God forbid, something got totally unforeseeable, something really bad happens to your partner. What are you going to do? Being prepared for all types of situations is also very important, not to live under the stress of like, oh my God, what if something happens? But being prepared is a great way of ensuring joyful life, no matter what the situation is. And it translates into covering your money and investment aspects of life and everything else. But like I said, even though in US we talk a lot about these things and it's clearly a challenge if we look at the stats The numbers tell it all. It's even a bigger problem in countries like Georgia and in the developing world.
0: Totally. This is a big issue. And while we're making improvements, there's still so much work that we can do. And I think at the end, it comes down to that we need to help each other, educate ourselves, not to judge, not to blame, but say, okay, well, it doesn't matter if you haven't done this before. You have this opportunity now. Will you take it? Absolutely. The time is now. Yeah, because so many times we just blame ourselves for not knowing better and this and that. And and that's just not really helping us, right? That's just mm-hmm. keeping us in that negative spiral. And that inner critic can really you know, show up in, in, in different areas of our lives. So money is very important. And even I myself, I struggled with some of my beliefs about money. And for a long time, I also thought that, hey, this is kind of difficult. And I don't feel very comfortable about that. And it took me a while to overcome those. There are many areas where I thrive, but I wasn't a math genius, but you don't have to be. That's the thing. You don't have to be like you. Exactly. you do critical thinking. You find the people you can learn from, and then you go from there. You don't have to create financial systems on your own. Actually, a lot of people who haven't taken an action will
1: be surprised once you raise your hand and you ask for help, how many other people you will find who are willing to sh- share their Opinion, you know, like help you in one way or another so that, like to your point, you don't have to be a math genius to do all these things. But just a little willingness to take care of it and to sort it out and to be prepared in that
0: aspect will open up so many doors that everybody will be surprised. That is so true. When you raise a hand, you will find help. You will find people who are willing to help you out of their genuine interest to support you. So take that courage to do that. I want to pivot slightly. This was broadly about the different cultures in general. What are the differences between the mindsets of women in the U.S. versus, let's say, Eastern Europe, Georgia? That's
1: actually an interesting question in the sense that there's a lot to uncover there. And I would say I'm probably a little bit biased just thinking about my experiences and the um, women that I've interacted with here in Georgia, especially. But I think I'll share a few things which I find the most mind-blowing for me. One of the biggest things, like every time I come back to Georgia, like one of the biggest things that we talk about always is that the aspect of family in a woman's life and the one big learning curve that I had to go through, and I think I'm still going through, and I feel like I'm never going to really finish kind of like that journey, is that over here across the ocean, women have a tendency of giving up a lot for their families. Because if you do otherwise, it feels very selfish and being selfish is not good. For some reason, it is labeled as selfishness versus self-love and self-appreciation. And as an example, I would share that, like if you, for example, have kids, you have to give up so many things and just focus solely on your kids. There are no more days to go out, with your girlfriends, to have a spa day, to go on like a weekend trip and do things like this, which obviously when you have a child, the priorities change and it should be your choice what you will prioritize. But my experience and also observing whether it's like older generation or my peers who already have kids is that even your child learns how to respect you and that Mommy is her own person and mommy needs time for x y and z when you put yourself first and that respect as your kids grow up translates into so much more respectful relationship and obviously you have to balance and you will learn how to balance that based on the relationships that you have with your kids and within the family but that aspect of i am important i also need time for myself i need to show myself love like that aspect does not really exist unfortunately much over here and i had to reprogram personally myself not to think that me putting myself first is loving myself and if i make myself happy i'm gonna make everybody else happy the approach from the society that oh if you do that you're selfish you're a bad person you do not love your loved ones and it's not just about kids, obviously. Like this was as an example, but whether it's like your partner or your parents or whoever you can think of, like people who are important to you in life and who are part of your family and their close circle, right? That also translates into like professional setting too. If you work and if you are getting paid for a certain um job that you perform, it's like you're a good girl, like you have to be the way you are and just kind of like raising your voice and raising your hand and asking for more and asking for more appreciation, more respect, if you think you deserve it, isn't something that we also have a tendency to value and go after. And all these things were something that I had to like personally like learn and kind of change the, the networks that were wired in my hat, put it that way, and not think like that anymore. And in my personal life, I've always been a very rebellious in a sense that, like, I always had opinions. I always had uh, my own kind of like thinking about how my life was supposed to be, but it was just my personal. And when it would be about other people involved in my life, like, I would be too considerate of others. I would make myself too flexible. I would make myself too available. And even though, I mean, you know me pretty well, and I think I am correct when I say that I'm a very giving person and I love making others happy, but nothing that's too much is good. Setting the healthy boundaries with people that even the people that you love dearly and making sure that they give you space for that self-love is such an important thing that unfortunately here in georgia and some of the eastern european countries like we don't have that much appreciation for that and that's too bad um i am personally still struggling with that i'm trying to get better at that and i'm also trying to be good example for my friends here or for example my little cousin or even like her friends it's just very important like for me it's been very important to share that lesson it's too painful to see also other women being stuck in that same kind of like a bubble of not loving themselves enough and balancing that with giving and sharing and being welcoming to other experiences and people and accommodating.
0: Wow, Maria, you just said it all. I couldn't agree more. And uh, (laughs) that's exactly the reason why I wanted to have you on this podcast because I know how wise and deep you are, kind of the same kind of applies there. And I think it may be influenced to an extent by the 40 years of oppression during the communist times. I think that has to do a lot with that and just going through the motions of the generational upbringing, right? Our mothers did the best they could, but they were also raised to always take care of the family, right? And the world, of course, has changed and it has changed as as we know it. But it's so important to realize that you cannot help or serve others unless you take care of yourself. And that is something that I also struggled with for a long time, or even just knowing that mother set such a powerful example to her child through her actions. So if she's not taking those actions for herself, right, and telling something else to the child, she's sending mixed signals. So, of course, it's not easy to always do that, but then parents have such an important role in a child's life And I know I'm not a parent, so I cannot talk about parenting. But from my own experience, I know that as mothers, we can have such an incredible influence on our children and how they will treat themselves or how they will think of themselves in the world. So what you said about self-love and appreciation and doing the things that make you strong, right? This is why also in the U.S., there is such a strong morning routine or Or people, you know, do the things that make them stronger. For some, it's workout, for some, it's meditation, for some, it's both. But they know it's important and they are not willing to sacrifice that. So that's one of the great things we can learn from the States, in my opinion. I totally agree. So you said that there were a couple of things that you wanted to call out. So this was a definitely important one. Are there others that you want to mention? One more thing that I definitely want to add, it's just speaking
1: purely from my Journey's perspective and my experience is more like women in professional setting. I touched upon that a little bit before, but connecting the dots in between a few things that I said, one big lesson that I also had to learn was that we have a tendency of not asking for reward when we deserve it. And to me, it's been most obvious to see in a professional setting. But then if you actually think about it, it also translates into other environments that women find ourselves in. But especially in a professional setting, we never really usually raise a hand to say like, hey, I deserve this bonus. I deserve this raise. I deserve this promotion. I've done this great job. And I'm not saying this that we need to brag about stuff, but just gracefully Admitting and laying it out to others and demonstrating and showing the great value that we create and confidently asking for the reward is a very important thing that we women have also missed. And I know that for years and years and years, like we've been talking about how this is a big of an issue. And I'm not saying anything new, but coming from post-Soviet country that has changed dramatically and went through a huge transformation culturally economically, politically, these are some of the aspects. And one of this is what, to, what I just mentioned where women still have to learn and grow a lot. I thought that, oh, maybe it's like an issue in Georgia or like, you know, some of the Eastern European countries that share a very similar culture, but not. People who live outside of US have this idea of like United States, the country the land of freedom and their enormous possibilities and opportunities and outside we don't really talk about much of what are the challenges to individuals and men also face their own challenges to be honest with you if we talk to them there would be so many things that we would uncover but from a female's perspective um that's another huge aspect where there is like enormous growth ahead of us like personal growth where we will learn how to confidently raise our hands and say, I deserve this. I want this. I'm going to go for it. I'm going to get it. And I'm going to learn how to move on to the next stage, which will help me grow into a better person. Professionally, personally, whether it's like title-wise or what it will be. But I would say that that's probably the second biggest thing that was my personal learning experience, a very important one, and also like a huge difference that I found culturally in between those two geographical areas.
0: This is so important to to call out. We do need to speak up for what we deserve, what we believe, all of that. And I think at the end, it has a lot to do with our perception of self-worth. We believe we deserve it. We ask for it. It might also have to do with what we think, our role is or what is appropriate. And then we start to question ourselves. And this is really where all of these different mindset or expectations or things that people told us are, are kind of confusing us, right? And we just need to set it aside and get a very clear, hey, this is what I did. This was a great job. I deserve that raise. Or if I've done this over a long period of time, consecutively, I've delivered. Results speak more than words, more than anything, right? So if your results prove that the quality of your work is there, then uh, you don't have to be worried. You just speak about the results. Yeah,
1: like I was. I was listening to you. One quick thought that came to uh, my mind was that I think it's important for me to admit, actually, that that I learned mostly from my male colleagues or my male friends. And this is one of these cases where I feel like not going against. Our male counterparts, but actually appreciating what they have to offer and learning from them has been like a pretty beautiful experience, to be honest with you. We have a tendency of overthinking too much, like multiple scenarios of like, oh, what if this happens? Like, what if I say this and then they say that? And like, how am I going to respond to X, Y, and Z? And well, I need to be prepared for this conversation and for this additional thing. And men don't do that. As much as sometimes, a lot of times people joke and like men are very, they can think about only one thing at a time. There are moments when actually like we could definitely appreciate the fact that we need to think about one thing at a time. We need to be very practical. And also the other thing that I will never forget that I learned from my boss, who was a male as well, was that the answer will always be no, if you do not ask. So being afraid of what if they say no, which we women also do a lot, is such BS Like what's going to happen? Will the sky crumble? Will the life end? Will, I don't know, like hurricane come? No, they'll just say no and you'll walk out and that's it. And that one particular thing, for example, gave me so much courage to be a lot more vocal about things that I wanted to say, wanted to ask, raise my hand and very gracefully, obviously showing with the evidence that This is what it is. And this is why I think I've done X, Y, and Z and I've delivered this value. And this is what I'm asking in exchange. This one sentence of the answer is always going to be no, if you do not ask has been a huge mind shifter for me. And whenever I talk to, especially like students or like younger professionals, and even some of my friends or women that I usually meet through friends or networking events, like who are bit more experienced and older, like I always like try to get this point across. And there was a time when I thought that I was like one of those few who found herself in this situation. Like the more I started talking about it, I realized, oh my goodness, there are so many other women who are experiencing the same things. And we do not talk. We do not share these lessons with each other. And we do not encourage each other through these lessons and be like, hey, Maybe you should find this approach more useful and try it at work or try it at home and let me know how it goes. And I've personally been in a few situations where I can see people's eyes roll really wide and be like, oh my goodness, like I've never really thought about that. That's such a great idea. And some of them have actually gotten back to me and said, like, that worked. I got what I wanted. And I would love to have more of these conversations, more of the conversations like you are hosting and the podcast interviews that you've um, recorded, like these are so important for us. I think this is the way that we shift the culture. And you mentioned self-worth before. And we also, I think this is the way that we help each other understand that each of our stories are individual, but also there's so much more that we share. And I think the best way probably I can put it is that we heal ourselves and we help ourselves grow through those stories too.
0: This is so amazing. I love all of this. (laughs) Um, (laughs) Well, I'm glad. (laughs) It's so true. And you know, I really like that you put the spotlight on men because it's true. I've learned so much from my husband and from men in general. And he specifically has helped me to become so much more confident and communicate more clearly and to go out and ask for the things that I should rightfully ask for and have the courage to do so. So I do encourage women that you leverage that. If there is a good male friend that you have or your spouse that can have this influence on you or that you you admire those qualities in him, learn from him. Because we, we have so much to learn from each other and vice versa, right? There's a reason why men and women are different, right? We complement each other. At the same time, many of these skills can be learned. So it's not like that only men can excel in certain areas and only women excel in those. No, we're predispositioned to be maybe better at certain areas, but we can still improve and learn from one another. 100%, you're so right. Yeah, and then the other thing what you mentioned is that oftentimes as women, we sometimes don't share these lessons with each other, which is kind of surprising, right? So what can we do to foster more collaborative, open, sharing culture between women so that we uplift each other and we help um each other grow That's an interesting question. I don't think I actually have
1: like a solid answer to that, meaning something that I totally believe will be effective and efficient. I can tell you what I have done, which are a few different things, connecting my friends. Um I like I love connecting people to each other and so like first of all, like I love learning about people's stories. And if I know what you care about, what um, concerns you or what makes you happy, like when I meet someone and I get to know them, that could be like a great friend or potential connection. Like I always try to connect them. And the reason is that these two then share things that, you know, like they find new projects to collaborate on. They share experiences, they share lessons. And like, I personally don't have to be involved in that, but like i'm happy that they found something in common and they're growing from one another's experiences and my so-called new york pearls group which you're also part of the goal of bringing all these wonderful women that i've met along my like life in us and career together was that to put them together in the same room and kind of like foster the conversation being the facilitator and many of them actually ended up becoming friends on their own collaborating in projects and things like that so that's one thing The other thing that I love to do is, especially with my female colleagues, is whenever I find something that I really like about something that they've done or something that they've said, the way they've presented something, the way they've responded to a certain challenge, I always find it useful and encouraging and beautiful and empowering to actually share that compliment and be very specific. Don't go just like, oh, your presentation was great. Everyone will say that. Just find something specific that you really liked so it's believable that it comes from the bottom of your heart and that person could really be empowered and encouraged. I've also mentioned this example to you that, you know, I've heard one of my senior female colleagues say some wonderful things about my peer, who's also female, and I love working with both. But when I had a chance to collaborate with her on something, we were just like chatting and I said, oh, by the way. I heard this person say this and this wonderful things about you like so proud of you well done and it does not take extra effort for me to just kind of say something nice like this but the smile on their face the encouragement the new enthusiasm that they find to continue working on something because they know it's been recognized and it's been appreciated it's a it's a wonderful thing and even just you know in general like give each other the credit encourage each other, you know, compliment each other, really be specific from the bottom of your heart. Just mean it. Don't be fake about it. And the other thing that I would say is that I always find it beautiful when people find courage to talk about difficult things, to take responsibility, and even being an initiator and finding the courage to speak up about something that's difficult and opening up the conversation, opening your heart and allowing another person to do the same especially when it's like woman to a woman that's also really beautiful. I mean, these things have worked for me and I think because I'm really genuine when I do this, it works. But I don't really have like a specific way or strategy that I can suggest that would deliver the same result on a larger scale, but I'm also very much open to the ideas of learning what else can I do? What else can we do together as women?
0: You know, as I said earlier, Results matter over things that we say. But what I want to say is that actions are exactly how we can make this better, right? How we can support and uplift uh, each other. So then, yes, I have to attest that the New York Pearls group is a very special group. And I'm so lucky to be part of it or even to just experience or having experienced some of our meetings and meeting some of this these brilliant and kind and compassionate women. And I think this is something that each of us can do. You don't have to be a social media influencer or a celebrity to start your own circle. Yes. You've probably heard of Lean and other groups. You can start your own group and just meet with uh, your friends and maybe invite others. But having the safe space to share and talk about these difficult things or the things that have helped you and that you've learned, this is really what helps us move forward in life. And I think it's so worth it to spend time doing that or even being involved in these. So thank you for doing that and for being that light for others. And I also love what you shared about giving each other compliments, being specific about those. That's what makes them genuine. And also having the courage to share the difficult things. Um, that's the essence of friendship, right? At you? willing to open up and share, especially in the work environment. For a long time, I thought I always needed to put up this great image that, oh, I've got this. But then there was this giant wall and you wouldn't hear an ounce of vulnerability coming from me and saying, well, this is hard because then I thought that I had failed. And and this is like, couldn't be further from the truth, right? Sure, like people make mistakes. You make mistakes in professional environment, but if you don't talk about it, How can anybody help you? You're so right. It doesn't mean that if you made a mistake, they will not fire you, but stop obsessing about your image and how you're perceived. Like that was my Achilles heel.
1: Yeah, I so agree with you. I would like to bring one example that was very, very simple, but it happened like eight years ago. I still haven't forgotten, like clearly remember the image in the conversation. This is speaking to what you just said and also learning from our male colleagues. I was invited to like a round table, expert round table when I was one of the experts and I was very young in my career. And I was like, like you know, like typical like woman thinking like, oh, my God, like, what are they going to ask me? Uh, am I really knowledgeable about X, Y and Z things? And there was no really like a preparation for it. So they just told you like, this is the topic. Like, these are the areas that we think you have insights that we would like to learn from. And it was like few people attending. So it's like closed round tables. And there were, I think, like six to seven people that were invited and turns out they they were very informal. So only two of us showed up. And, you know, like silly me, I was thinking like, oh, if there are like this many people, like maybe they they will not even have time to get to me. And these are all the like things that I'm thinking, like, you know, I'm not good enough thinking. And they're Two of us and this guy who is a lot more senior and experienced having worked in the C-suite level positions um, for multiple startups. And in the middle of this hour, he's just sitting there and he's asked a question, which I don't remember the particular question that it was. But when they asked him a question, he just like paused and he said, I actually don't know the answer to that. And then everybody just moved on and i looked at it and i was like did he just say that he doesn't know it? he's like like in my mind it was like he's an invited expert to talk about x y n z topics and he just said like i don't know anything about that and moved on just the demonstration of it the feeling of it how comfortable he felt with the idea that he did not know something was so eye opening for me that i started thinking a lot since then like do i really have to know everything like if for example like i do digital Data analytics, and I'm thinking, like, do I really have to know everything every step of the way? Like, can I be forgiven that sometimes I don't know something? Yes, but can I be forgiven when I do not put an effort into figuring it out? No. So I've adopted the mindset of like everything's figureoutable. If you put enough effort, you don't have to really like stretch yourself and know everything, and you know put this image out there that you've got it all. And I find it beautiful that you found courage to be vulnerable and to say, help me. And I'm pretty sure that you found a lot of people who are willing to sit with you and help you along the
0: journey. Absolutely. And I love the example that you just shared. We always feel like we need to have answers, right? And then you see somebody who you maybe admire, you feel like, oh, they're so knowledgeable and they have experienced so much. And then here this is like, what? they don't know. And it's okay. It's like, yes, it's okay. You're not a computer. You're not Google. You can learn things, but it's okay not to have the answers. And actually it speaks volume about you when you say you don't know, because then if you don't know and you start cooking up the answer, then you may look like a fool. So this was a great example to bring up. Now I'm wondering who were some of the people who have inspired you and influenced you the most? I don't really have people that I can point out. And the reason for that
1: is I am someone who believes in learning from everyone and everything and take advantage of every situation you're in and every interaction that you have. I'm fortunate that I was able to find little inspirations in every friendship and business relationship or any other type of relationship that I've had. And I've also been very fortunate that they've grown me in multiple different ways. I think. It's really tough for me to actually name people, but the things that I've learned from some of them are helping me grow as a woman, helping me grow as a friend, helping me grow as a business professional. But I think that one thing that I would want to definitely communicate to your audience through this question is that. We have a tendency, especially in the United States, that we have to model people who are like extremely successful and like some influencers. And we learn about how Jeff Bezos makes decisions or what books Bill Gates reads and stuff like that, which is great. But if people open their minds and open their hearts, they can find inspiration in their neighbor who does things that are not necessarily known to the world, but they could provide some great example of how to be a great giving person, how to be a great father, how to be a wonderful mom, how to be a good sister, whatever that is. I think there's a lot more value and appreciation we can find in our corners, within our circles, rather than just looking for like learning about people who, on paper, we find extremely successful. And I consider myself extremely fortunate that there are lot of people like this that have taught me so many great lessons, inspired me to be better in many different aspects of life.
0: This is the best answer to the question, because it's true and it's unique <laughs> and it's authentic to you. And I couldn't agree more, right? So many times we look up to celebrities or influencers, but then we really need to start looking at the people around us or in our immediate circle of influence, because oftentimes we will be A, very pleas- pleasantly surprised. Right. And then these are the people that we live with or we see day to day. So we know they are real. It's not that they are posting something on social media and then you get to see the best of them, but you know what they're like when their day is not so great and when their day is going really well. And that kind of puts things into perspective. So I love that. Now, there are many things that influence you, help you become the woman you are. Are there any books that you would recommend others to read? Another great question.
1: First of all, I have to admit that I do not like reading fiction at all. And sometimes people who know me closely make fun of me a lot that I read too much of practical stuff. But there are some things that were like topic wise, paying attention to a lot of different aspects and just recognizing that I do not need to grow in one area and reading books about time management, which is super practical and it could be used in business and personal life learning and reading books about health and exercise, also your sexual health, anything you can think of. Take yourself and understand what are the different dimensions and what are different aspects of you. I take a lot of recommendations from friends and usually I trust Amazon reviews quite a lot, (laughs) but it's not necessarily, I think, the book and a topic that matters, but it's more like, the perspective you understand and how you learn about yourself through those books. I do not remember the title of it, but years ago, I actually read a very interesting book, which was about the um, very famous kind of like, I don't know if you would call it like a culture of courtesans, but it was like how they lived. Um, It was a historical book, the documentation of their lives and as much as like there was an interesting aspect about you know their sexual relationships with the partners and how you know they were viewed by the society, one very interesting thing that I learned from that is how actually savvy business women they were. And what I mean by business women is that a lot of them actually had education in art, in literature. They were very well educated in history. They were writing poems, and they were very good at investing their money. And for me to learn this about women who lived like centuries ago, and today now in this modern world, we're still talking about the same things. I was mm-hmm. like, this was one of the most eye-opening things, probably. Just realizing how much self-love they really had. They also had a lot of respect that was coming from their male counterparts because these women were so multifaceted, well-educated, well-rounded. And there were some of them who actually have done quite a lot of great work in, especially in art and literature. And I'll try to follow up with you with the name of the book, but that's like one that comes to mind in terms of, I think, especially looking at life and growth from a woman's perspective. Um, I was actually talking to my partner this morning and he shared something that he learned from one of the economists he was um, having an interview with, and it was very powerful to hear he said, it's not about the book that you read, but it's the perspective and your open-mindedness of how you understand those different thoughts and ideas. And I think especially in a personal growth area, it's also our ability to learn about ourselves through that and see very clearly what can we improve, what we don't necessarily have to improve and just accept the way we are. So I found it like
0: to be a really powerful reminder and also like very interesting thought. Like I've been thinking about it since then. So this was a perfect example to bring up. So thank you so much, Mariam. This has been such an inspiring and enlightening interview. I really enjoyed it. I do have two last questions I want to ask you. Mm -hmm. This is a question I ask all of my guests. What does being a warrior mean to you? I think being
1: able to gracefully fight for things that you believe in, making sure to bring others along with you on this journey and not just try to do it yourself is some of the key aspects of being a warrior and being a truly great warrior. Sometimes I feel like when we talk about these things and use words like this, we feel like We have to be tough and we have to be really strong, especially in physical aspects, which I'm like, not really. We can deliver with a very calm voice, with a lot of grace, empathy and empowered voices. A lot of things that we want to deliver, we want to achieve and we can do it in a way that we can also lead and bring other people along and help them find the same Courage and same qualities in themselves that we were able to find in ourselves to become these
0: fearless warriors. Oh, Mariam, you're just amazing! I'm, I'm so oh. lucky uh, to <laughs> to know you and to be a friend. <laughs> um, <very> you <laughs> This is so beautiful. Now, do you have any parting thoughts you'd like to share with others?
1: Yeah, there's so much we've covered, and there's so much more that we weren't able to. But if there's one thing that I would want everyone to take away from this conversation and keep in mind for probably the rest of the lives is that have more compassion for yourselves and have empathy for others and respect your journey and other people's journeys. And I think through that, find a lot of self-love, like well-balanced self-love that is so important to um, really being able to live joyful life and get through the
0: tough times, like, like when we are in right now, for example. Amen. Mariam, thank you so much for taking the time today. Um, If people want to reach out to you, uh, where can they find you? Well, first of all, thank you for having me. This was such a pleasure. And
1: I'm not really on social media anymore. So probably just on LinkedIn, you can find me with my name fully written together in the URL and feel free to reach out. If anyone wants um, contact information further, like email or anything, please let me know. I'll be
0: happy to share. Excellent. This was a powerful episode. Mariam, thank you for listening. We'll be back next week with another guest. Have a great day. Thank you so much for listening. I really appreciate you for spending some time with me. And most of all, for investing time in yourself. If you found value in this podcast, share it with your friends and family. And give us a five-star rating on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to our episodes. This will greatly help us spread the word and help others find it more easily. If you want to know more about what I'm up to, you can find me on Instagram at Denny Timras. Shoot me a note and let me know what you thought of today's conversation. I always welcome any feedback or questions. Remember, now that you're here, you're part of a tribe. In this tribe, we care for each other. We lift each other up as well as share the raw, honest, unpolished truth that we often need to hear. So before you go, think about the next best action you can take to get you on your path to success. Don't wait for tomorrow. Make a commitment and do it now. Thank you again for listening. We'll be back next week. Until then, have a great day.